Oh, hey, I'm glad you're here. Hello, it's me, Dirk Marshall, host of VHS. I just wanted to drop in while we're in between seasons and just let you know some of the things that were going on in my brain. Uh, I decided with Patreon, I'm, I'm not going to put the new releases, late return episodes behind like a paywall or something. If you want to support us, by all means, head on over to Patreon. But any kind of uh, podcast content, at least right now, I just want to be releasing in between the seasons. So you're going to get a couple of the new release, late return format while we're solidifying the uh the next eight guests and eight films that we're going to be uh featuring so by all means please enjoy these episodes it's the more casual format where we're shouting out all the things that bring us joy and uh my first guest is sarah marshall so you know she's a she's a delight she's been on before uh, a couple times and uh so by all means please enjoy this episode of new releases and late returns aka vh us Hello, and welcome to New Releases and Late Returns. It's our alternative format for VHS. Uh, we just sort of record this casual way uh, while we're on break between seasons. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at VHUS underscore podcast. Please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. I'll share it on the podcast. My guest today is Sarah Marshall, the chef, owner, and operator of Marshall's Hot Sauce. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. In our house. In our home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, up top, I just wanted to start with, is there anything new in the sauce world? New in the sauce world? Well, yeah. I mean, there kind of always is new stuff happening. Um, I think especially just because I like to experiment and do new stuff. So um, we list things. We list specials all the time, but we're doing these new, cool, uh, easy serve packets i don't know what do you call them seasoning packets easy serve packets is what i call them <laughs> yeah that was like oh you caught me off guard it's you like a yeah it's sauce. i know i know it's like a spice blend yeah right? it's a spice blend but in a little packet with instructions on how to do it so we're doing a taco one that's very hot we have a medium one that's chili we're gonna do a chicken one and we're gonna do one for barbecuing and so the idea is that you can just open it up and follow the instructions and have a quick easy meal now that everyone's cooking at home so those are those are definitely something new we're doing and then we have um different flavors that that are coming up. So right now I just did this Serrano cucumber mustard that's based on a that's recipe a sauce. in my cookbook. Yeah. yeah. Serrano cucumber mustard hot sauce. Mm -hmm. And that's a special that'll be listed on the website. Yeah, it's up now. Okay. Marshallshotsauce.com for that. Uh, also, you're a published author. Preservation Pantry's back in print. Woo! That's awesome. <laughs> the book you just alluded to. So there it is. So people can pick that up as well. Yeah, on our website. It is up. Awesome. And you'll even uh, do the old John Hancock on there. I don't know why they call it that. The signature. You'll sign it. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be a reason. And I'm sure he was a terrible man. I'm so sure. So we probably shouldn't say it anymore. No. So I will sign it with my own signature. There it having is. nothing to do with anyone terrible. There we go. <laughs> like that we just have already adopted. He's, we've yeah. canceled John yes, Hancock. I don't even know, but probably. Yes. I think you're probably right. And uh, you're also the co-host for the podcast Meaningful Marketplace. For anyone that wouldn't know, please tell them what that is. Yeah, I um, host a fun podcast, Masoni and Marshall, The Meaningful Marketplace, with my 
food scientist buddy, Sarah Masoni from the Food Innovation Center. And we uh, interview women business owners, kind of of all types of food variety. So sometimes it's a food business, sometimes it's a wine business, a restaurant, um, just some, some woman doing something awesome with food. And so uh, we have them on the show, help to tell their story, and it's really fun. So people awesome. can find it on iTunes. There it is. Meaningful Marketplace. Uh, which brings us to new releases. Uh, and as always, we like to start with print. Is there anything that you're currently reading that's bringing any joy to you uh, these times? <laughs> well, add an unjoy. Can I, t- yeah. <laughs> can I talk uh, about please. that? Yeah, please. So I, um, I, you know, I read uh, books in like lots of different capacities. So I'll have like a book I'm reading while I'm doing my exercise bike, or I'll have a book I'm reading when I'm going to bed. And some are on my phone, and some are actual print books, and I just kind of, I'm always reading a bunch of things at one time. But somehow, the ones on my phone, I get to through, like, recommendations. Mm. And so, usually I just search something like, psychological thrillers, female lead, or something like that. And, And I'm cool with whatever comes up, and I'm ready for anything, and I don't, it doesn't really matter to me what it is. But then somehow I got into this weird, um, you know, I read one book about somebody that lived in the walls and then, and then all of a sudden I only was being recommended books where people, usually women are living in someone's walls or under someone's floorboards. Yeah. (laughs) So. And that's the the one on my phone that I'm reading where I'm getting these recommendations is what I'm reading when I'm going to bed. Nice. So then every time something moves or creaks, I'd be like, well, well, somebody's totally living under our floor. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny because that's where my brain goes. Anytime something's missing, like if I can't find something, I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's probably that person that lives in the walls. Yeah. It yeah. never is, but that's yeah. Where my so brain that goes. last one uh, it was called "Anxious People." If anybody's interested, if you want to go there, <laughs> you can. There you go. But then I, then it was just too much. I couldn't sleep. I was like feeling like someone was totally living in our house. So I had to switch it up a bit. So now I'm. Um, I decided to switch the books that I'm reading at night when we're going to bed into um, food-related books ah. that are usually someone's story. So um, Food & Wine just just um, put out a bunch of summer reading food-themed books. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start there instead. That's probably good. <laughs> then when you hear something, you'll just be like, the person in the walls is cooking mm-hmm. something. They're very hungry. Nice. <laughs> uh, I don't read a lot, as you know. Mm-hmm. But um, there's about three books I've read this year. And the one I'm currently reading is called Dying for Living. It's uh, the sort of biography of Patrick Kilpatrick, who most people know from um, something like Class of 1999. <laughs> most people. Um, most most people <laughs> love Class of 1999. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> I always say, we'll learn this later on in the episode, but I always use these movies as my frame of reference, and I always say, like, well, everyone knows, but, like, it's not. Like, no one knows that. I they find do. myself constantly saying that to you. I know. That's very true. It's very true. But uh, but just I just want to read the blurb on the back, because it's better than me trying to describe who he is. Uh, Patrick Kilpatrick has been killed, beaten up, or jailed by nearly every leading actor on Earth and in outer space. Tom Cruise, Sean Connery, Bruce Willis, Naomi Watts, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chow Yun-Fat, Jessica Alba, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and many more. In over 170 films he's been in, and um, most people wouldn't even recognize him on the cover of his own book. So I think it's pretty interesting, his sort of path in, in acting. He's very successful, but it's one of those people that I don't, if you said even character actor, most people might not come up with Patrick Kilpatrick. But um, so yeah, first book. It's 
It's autographed. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. You. Yep. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, which brings us to music. Anything you're currently listening to that you're thoroughly enjoying? Well, I think because you um, brought up the Chocolate War. Oh, yeah. Uh, while you were doing one of your episodes and, and interviewing someone. And so we were talking about Yaz and in the kitchen and, um, Gwenny who works for us hadn't heard of Yaz. So we went through this Yaz phase where mm-hmm. I was, you know, playing all the songs being like, and then probably these people were influenced. So it was like, sent us down this little tunnel of, of fun. So that's what we've kind of been listening to in the kitchen lately. So nothing new, but, but super fun to revisit. Right. Yeah. I just mean current, um, like that you're just currently enjoying. My first one is also a return, uh, square pushers first album, feed me weird things. Um, it's just been re-released. I have it on, on CD, but they just released it on vinyl for the first time. I may have pre-ordered it with a t-shirt. Uh, it was originally <laughs> came out in 1996 on <laughs> reflex records, um, which was Aphex twins label. And that's how I first heard of it. I love this album and the fact that it can you can now just hear it on iTunes or whatever or or pre-order it. Um, yeah, it's, it's so we can be looking album. forward to a photo of you with your new Square Pusher T-shirt down Hold in the podcast studio yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> holding some random DVD. Yes, perfect. Perfect. Look forward to that content. Um, Dirt content. Yes, and then I have one more, and it's Kareen. Uh, they have two albums, The Night We Raise from 2020 and New Arrangements from 2018. They sound like uh, something you and I would have discussed when we first met. It's like sort of New Ordery, sort of synth poppy, very new wavy. Love it already. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. People, if you're looking for one song to start with, Elegance and You off their first album. It, I mean, if that doesn't grab you, like the first synth parts, it's just like, it's for me, it's, it's like... Um, like someone who wants sweets and you give them cotton candy. It's like straight to the brain, yeah. you know? It's Sounds like, good. that's the way it is. Well, I always look forward to this time of year because as soon as it starts to be summer and we, you know, maybe go on some road trips or we're doing some family vacations, that always means that you make me a new mix of yes. sometimes specifically for summer driving. So mm-hmm. I probably will get to hear some of that. A lot, that on, yeah on my new one so i'm looking forward to that yeah it's always a delicate balance of uh music that our daughter wants to hear right and then stuff that we can (laughs) expose her to recently you were in palm springs and i was introducing our daughter to more music videos the first one we ever showed her was love cats by the cure oh yeah and it had such a huge impact on her she said i love that funny little man and uh and who doesn't yeah (laughs) robert said and she loves uh that cure song so I showed her Placebo Pure Morning, which mm-hmm. she's currently obsessed with. And then I was just going through random ones. I introduced her to Wolfsheim, and she loved Wolfsheim, which, for those that don't know, it's a German synth-pop band. They do have songs in English, but it's uh, it's very much a, a specific thing. And something about the music, she, she was into it, which was great, because the time we played New Order on the record player, and she was like, this guy can't sing. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, but no. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, she says it like she sees it. Yeah. She's, <laughs> or she's hears true. it, I guess, in this case. Yep. Very much. Uh, all right. Which uh, brings us to television. Anything TV-wise? Yes. So um, when, you, when you first said television, I was like, I don't even know what that means anymore. But yeah. I guess just any kind of, like, show series. You know, it's you a would... movie that starts and stops yeah. for two seconds. <laughs> 
that's basically what television Something is. Something that would normally have commercials, but doesn't. That doesn't. You <laughs> really can't tell anymore. Well, we, um, yeah, we watched this show I really liked called Electric Dreams. Yeah, Philip K. Dick uh, did, I guess, these short stories that they turned into episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's like ten short stories that he wrote that they turned into a series. Yeah, you found this, and I had gone to bed early. I don't know, that sounds weird, but I did. That does sound weird. And uh, <laughs> What happened there? I, I don't know. <laughs> and then I saw the next day when I went to put on a show for us to watch, it was like Electric Dreams, and I was like, this looks like science fiction. So how did you get into this? Was it just a random pick, or...? Yeah, I have no idea. Mm. I mean, I don't even know if I know how to turn a show on <laughs> by choice. So I think it just, like, probably I finished watching whatever we were watching. Oh, yeah. And then something new started. Mm. Because I don't know how to go start okay, or great. something. So it just came up magically. Seems like one of the episodes. <laughs> yes. It came to me in a dream. Yep. That would be a better story, probably. Oh. But no, it just, I don't know. It just came up, showed up. I was into it. Um, I really like that, you know, I'm not, I don't seek out sci-fi no. and I don't dislike it, but, um, you know, sometimes it's just not my thing, but I feel like th I really loved this series because the stories are really great. Mm -hmm. So they're, not all of them are hopeful. No. <laughs> But, what? But the way, train station is like devastating. No, but it's not. I loved that one. Oh. So, so yeah, it's not, it's not hopeful, but it's got this hopeful vibe. So it's about mm -hmm. real, real life in a sci-fi way. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like real and then it deviates in a yeah. fantastical nature. Sure. Which I think is kind of the best kind of sci-fi because it's based on real stuff and feelings and people, but there's always some kind of element that's not reality so i just thought that was a cool fun way to do it i liked that one the station did you say it was called the station the train station or something like that uh, yeah it's it's something like yeah i, I mean i just that's just how you would find it probably yeah i i did like that one a lot because there is kind of this message of even if his life is going to be really bad and terrible. Yeah, it is. He still wants to be in it. He wants Spoiler to live alert. it because it's his family. Am I ruining yeah, it? Is that right. ruining it? I don't think so. It's too late now. We can't go back. This isn't a well, Philip K. Dick story. Yes. People will forget that I even oh, said Oh, yeah. This. Okay. There you go. <laughs> it's just one. I won't talk about all of them. And the next one. <laughs> and the next one. Well, I will say I did love one other one, which okay. was... Um, I think it's called Human Is. I looked up the title because oh. I really liked that one. Um, because uh, because with both of them, it's like these these stories. What was of the like, end of that one? I, I know. I almost just said it. I don't want to say it now. I don't want to ruin is, it. What is that one about, though? <laughs> it's the one where um, the there's a husband and a wife, and he uh, goes off into space, and he comes yes. back okay. different. Yeah. And so it's just... It's just looking at people's realities and being like, well, what if it was this way? What would happen? And, mm -hmm. and what people would do with it. So I, I was into it. I thought it was fun. I think other people would like it, even if you're not into sci-fi. Yeah, I think that's a great tip because uh, previously I think we may have covered that you're a hard out on dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hard out. Put a dragon in your movie, I won't watch it. Guaranteed. It's true. You can't check out of something fast enough the second a dragon appears on screen. 
And I feel like that for you has also been robots. Like if there's like robots, you see, you're already just sort yeah. of like, I can't. <laughs> And it's just, it's just something that's not interesting. Cobble road streets in things, if we see it, and we're like, this is a period piece in England? Hard out. <laughs> I know. You've got lamp lighters and carriages? I'm and sorry. And I try so hard sometimes because that's oh my, my buddy Aaron's favorite kind of movie. Yeah, well, she and likes so... him to be smoochy then. <laughs> <laughs> smoochy in the cobblestone is what she's into. She sure is. And if somebody dies, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> into it. Yep. But I, every time I'll try to watch something and I'm like, well, it's just not for me. Yeah, so if it has this science fiction elements and mm-hmm. you're saying the storytelling and the human sort of uh, pathos or whatever yeah. is strong enough that it anyone could check out It's this. so good. Yeah. I feel like the right. I think it's because, so this movie came from someone who is a writer and they right. are, or the show. Yeah. So they're really good at writing about people mm-hmm. and about feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that is what, kept me in the game yeah i think that about the original twilight zone the, mm-hmm. the episodes that really struck a chord were speaking about social conscious issues yeah. or human aspects that you're like oh my gosh i don't know what i would do if i was the only person left on earth or whatever you know and what that says about people yeah and i feel like it's done in this almost like dreamy like optimistic way rather than death and destruction even though that's part of a lot of them but that's sure. part of our world so i think yeah i think it's something really fun for people to check out yeah and speaking of fun i was going to talk about mare which is a show that was on hbo max i think <laughs> not fun oh, that is weird. a bundle of not fun it's not mm-hmm. uh really well acted it's yes. a really solid series i like that it had an ending I always worry with these shows that they're like get, gonna get to the end and be like, and then a cliffhanger, because nine times out of ten now shows just get canceled. And yeah. So then you just have this incomplete thing. Uh, yeah, it was um, so good. It's like the perfect example of something that just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, but not totally uncomfortable. It's not like uncut gems where you just are like no, make it stop. It's not uncut. You know? I mean, because it's like it's real. It is you know? real. Yeah, and and all of these things happen, and all of these things happen to one in particular family, mm-hmm. and so. But it's so it's like heartbreaking, you know, and. But it's a detective movie as well, so it you is. don't always Small see. Small town detective. Yeah, you don't always see these detective movies um, get so real. I feel right. like I feel like it's more. Um, yeah, I I was <laughs> good show, but it's a sad show. Yeah, but, it's not fun. I was yeah, making a fun. All of joke. these, yeah. <laughs> Not fun. Not fun. Not fun. He's joking. He's joke. Yes. He's joke. <laughs> if you're looking for fun, don't, don't. Yeah. Don't watch Mare. Did you have any more TV? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, because the last one I wanted to touch on just came out, and that's Sweet Tooth. We started it last night. Yeah. It's about a deer boy. <laughs> yes. And it's so interesting because I just kept thinking, well, if it just didn't have the deer boy in it, it's like a million other shows or th- stories I've seen where it's like something bad has happened to people mm-hmm. and now there's bad people out there. Sure. Um, and in this one they say, well, there's these half-breed mm-hmm. animal children, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So, I don't know. It's a, We'll see where it goes. We've think, just watched two episodes, but... Um... Yeah, well, it brought up some weird stuff for me, which is that, like, we're, you know, we're still... 
I guess we're coming out of I want to just pandemic. say it. I want it. I want it so we're bad. We're coming out of the pandemic. We're trying to come out of the pandemic. Yes. And so now, like with film, we're this is this was sort of the first example for me of you know there's other movies where there's some kind of zombie thing or people are are you know quarantining themselves yes to like keep away from germs all this stuff that is not a theme that is that is new but it is new to have it be so real yes. and so close to where they're wearing masks. The kids are wearing masks. Nobody really knows what to do. They're yeah. like, can I catch, they call it the sick. Mm-hmm. Can I catch the sick, which is what our daughter called COVID the sickness. Yeah. And so it was just like very. It was too soon for me too, personally. I mean, too soon, but also not, I mean, I get it, but it's like, I still feel like we're trying to figure all those things out. Yeah. And so then they're like, oh yeah, here, here's the solution. And then I'm I'm very curious. You know, we've only watched one episode, so I want to know what this cure is all about because they're they're making it seem like it's something really wild. So I what do you think it's going to be? I, I wanted to guess. With half half breed animal baby blood. Oh, like they have to kill the the cute darling animal yep. babies, and they have to inject them in their bodies to be able to live. Actually, that sounds like a QAnon theory, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, see, There's too close. Breed too animal real. children, and we need their blood. This is what the Hollywood elite are doing. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So interested to see where the show goes. That's. I mean, I. I don't. I don't know if there is a cure. I, it's so soon in the show. Um, what do you think happens? Oh yeah, no, because I mean, the doctor is doing something, right? And I, and I was just wondering what you were gonna think. Yeah, I thought it, I didn't think it was gonna be the animal babies. I thought it was gonna be like people that aren't infected so they have to like kill non-sick people to mm. cure the sick people gosh i see it's all too close Either to way, constant yeah, theories right yeah. now that mm-hmm. it's i mean ugh. so sweet tooth on netflix sweet check tooth, it out babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so that brings us to movies uh movies that you've seen recently anything that brought any joy to you checking the notes <laughs> No one knew that's what I was doing. I was just feeling in dead air. <laughs> um, well, this isn't new. It's not, does it have to be doesn't new? doesn't have to be new. No, it's whatever you're currently enjoying. Well, you mentioned I went to Palm Springs. Yes. So I did go to Palm Springs with my friends, with my lady friends on a lady trip. Yep. On a middle-aged lady trip. And to celebrate so... the birthday of Aaron, <laughs> who we so... just mentioned. Likes cobblestone streets and smooching. Yes. And she's been a guest on your podcast. I don't know if we can give that away. Delete. (laughs) (laughs) No. We can. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Yes. So we watched um, Barb and Star go to Del Mar. Hey, nice job. Thank you. Um, And it was really fun. It was a fun movie for us to watch uh, while on this you know, desert vacation, because it's about these two best buddies who Mm -hmm. go on a trip together to Florida. Uh, So that was really fun, because none of them had seen it. I had seen it with you. I thought it was a really fun movie. So not only... There's there's all kinds of things I don't like, which I... (laughs) I guess when you really have to put yourself out there, I'm like, gosh, I really hate a lot of things, but I don't think that's true. But I don't really like to watch comedies very right. often. Right. No, I've told that. I've told it's it's on the podcast. Okay. 
this just makes me sound like a real hater and yeah. i feel like i'm a pretty easygoing gal yeah you are <laughs> well don't usually like comedies i liked this one a lot i yeah. thought it was really fun i think a lot of times especially the comedies that are out there are written by men men for men yeah I feel like this one was really fun because it was not that. Yes, I totally agree. I was so excited when we watched this without knowing anything about it. Because if someone told me there was musical numbers and things like that, I would have gone in set up to not like it already. Sure. And instead, I just thought this was such a wild and fun, and it just felt free. Like, mm -hmm. there wasn't any constraints on it. It could just do something super weird mm -hmm. and then just move on. And I just, I, I always champion films like that because I just... Sometimes you need a feel-good movie. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, it is about these women that are middle-aged, which I am as well. Like, so instead of, like, putting them down mm. and um, making fun, mm. it was, like, liberating and embracing. And so I just thought it had this, like, very lovely message. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. uh, we also watched the movie Golden Arm. Oh, yeah, so good. Which is so good. And um, also a comedy. Also and also a comedy. a comedy with, you know, women as the lead roles. And yes. it was it was wonderful. It was yeah. so good. So many great performances. And we had never seen Betsy before in anything. I now listen to her on her ghost podcast. Um, she's incredible. Yeah, so I fun. I, I guess she's been doing television and stuff that we just have been missing. But mm -hmm. I love it when you watch something and you see someone, like like for someone that hadn't seen Ron Funches before, and then you see him in something and you're like, where's this gem been, you know? I it's know, just like, and he, I mean, he's so good. Oh my gosh, he just... <laughs> so good. Yeah, he radiates. He's, he's mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, yeah, I have been watching a ton of uh, thrillers. So I uh, watched Believer from 2018. It's a South Korean film. It's a remake of the Chinese film Drug War, Drug War uh, from 2012. Uh, both really interesting. I thought Believer makes a lot of really cool decisions in doing a remake that's just like six years old. Um, but I totally recommend Believer 2018 from South Korea. And then Savage, which is a thriller from China from 2018. If you like movies set in the snow... This is a great movie for you. It's, you know, a heist where they have gold that's stuck in the snow. They go to get it. Detectives show up. That type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, really good. Totally love it. Savage. I hadn't heard anyone talk about this film. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out. Which brings us to Late Returns. Originally, this was to be Bliss with Cheryl Lee, Terrence Stamp, and Craig Schaefer from 2002. And then we decided you didn't want to talk about that one. <laughs> so then I said, well, how about we watch Revenge and Promising Young Woman? And then we had to take a break from films altogether. We sure did. We had to take a little break. There's sometimes when, um, you know, I love erotic thrillers. Yeah. I love vampire movies. I love all of these things. Sometimes the themes in those can just run a little hard. Well, it's like you're nope this is too much and what what happened was and it's it's weird when these things sort of align like this but i saw a clip from the movie bliss and it's craig schaefer and terrence stamp ha on a dock having the most ridiculous conversation about i guess i'll just say ejaculation mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's so insane that i was like we're gonna watch this movie and it's gonna be hilarious only the problem is, it's not funny. Mm -mm. Uh, it is wild, the conversations that they have, these two. But the realistic situations throughout the rest of the film, which is a really well-put-together film, but not, not funny mm -mm. Or, or fun. Mm -mm. Um, so, so that's bliss. And then I really... What happens is, because we both did social work for 10 years, we end up diving into these 
in-depth conversations about very dark subject matter in cinema, often dealing with trauma and things. And so sometimes my brain, as you know, doesn't go to the, maybe the most healthiest places when relating people with films. And so I was like, I want to hear Sarah's take on um, Revenge and then this movie that was up for Oscars, Promising Women. Then we watched them and it we just felt gross and we talked about them and realized that it's not something we really wanted to be telling people, hey, go see all these movies without knowing people's personal histories and experiences. And Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, you know, because you're telling people about them, I would just say, you know, when I think about what I want people to spend their time doing, these mm-hmm. these movies just have... They're all about, you know, incest, sexual yeah. abuse. It's they're very sad tales um, of these women's lives, and and that is not something I just want to openly recommend for people to watch. So I was like, well, I don't really know if we we need to discuss them if that's what we are going to be recommending to people. But I will also say that that's like, it's life, yes. and and it's why those themes are there and why they're part of of movie writing and especially of thriller horror movies because it's really scary traumatic stuff and so you know i just didn't feel like that's how i wanted to spend my time exactly um but yeah so i just wanted to say that um there is the realistic side of these stories and that's that's wonderful but we didn't want to do 45 minutes develop devoted to either of these three things so we had a little time off and we regrouped i i refocused on what i wanted to talk to you about and we're here to discuss the fear inside from 1992 which hit video stores in 1993 it was shot for showtime um directed by leon acaso who started with two musical segments on snl one for debbie harry and one for aretha franklin and then did it lots of tv three episodes of sex in the city actually which is interesting um, and he's still going today, still directing. So it's pretty, still doing it. Pretty awesome. Uh, the actors we have is Christine Lottie. She's running on empty, swing shift. She's still going today. Uh, Dylan McDermott just uh, just hit Netflix. Clove Hitch Killer, a great uh, indie film that he was in. Uh, so check that out if you want to see him in there. That's a wonderful thriller. Uh, in the Land of Fire, and he was on The Practice for a long period of time. I don't know why I just say The Practice that way, but... The Practice. (laughs) The Practice. And then Jennifer Rubin, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, I think was her big start. Doors, uh, The Crush, Little Witches, Bad Dreams. She was one of my favorite actresses. Might be in a couple movies we'll be watching in the future. Yeah, I was going to say she's so, so, so good. She's so good. I mean, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. And then lastly, the little boy, Thomas Ian Nicholas, was in Radio Flyer. He was Kevin in the American Pie movies. Still going today. Was just in a film called Adverse. Uh, but to me, he'll always be uh, the boy from The Fear Inside from 1992. Uh, any opening thoughts? Fear Inside. Well, one thing I was wondering, when you said it was a Showtime movie, yeah. so did those only get released to video stores, or did they go to the big screen? No, direct-to-video. Okay, so they like showed it on TV, and then it would go to, to video. So those would end up in you know your dad's video store. Yep. So it went to Showtime, which is why I know nobody that saw it. Mm-hmm. And then I got a promo tape at my dad's video store, okay. and then I... Watched it constantly. Uh, I was obsessed with this dynamic. I didn't know. I've never heard of agoraphobia when I saw this movie. Yeah. Um, so it's just really interesting, and because all three of these actors are so great, I just. I mean, 
when I was rewatching it with you, I was like, oh, this is one of those where I know every single word that's being said. Which was so interesting because I had never seen it right, or heard right. of it, but it did, it totally seemed like a movie I would be into, yeah. um, you know, and watch over and over and that kind of thing. But what were the things that you loved about it? Was it the ag- agoraphobia? That was it. Well, I thought the agoraphobia was interesting because then even if... Did she... I say agoraphobia? Yeah, she's afraid of sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> You know, afraid of sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Certain types of wool. Um, yeah, so the premise of the film, I should have started with that, is uh, Christina Lottie is a writer-painter, and she lives in a big house, and she's agoraphobic. And one of the first opening scenes, you see her son ride his bike into the pool, and he's, like, drowning, and she can't even walk out the door. And you even said at that point, why should she just walk out the door? <laughs> Like, what a terrible mother. She yeah. can't just go save her kid. So that's how they introduce it. And, uh, you know, I won't I won't spoil that part. But um, And then Jennifer Rubin shows up to rent a room. And then Dylan McDermott follows and may or may not be her brother. And they may or may not be up to some nefarious acts. Uh, so even with a chance for her to leave, she just can't. It's like this mental prison situation I thought was fascinating. But really it was these games that Dylan McDermott and Jennifer Rubin's character play together where she's constantly just like, Petey, Petey, what animal am I? And she's mm-hmm. doing this like weird, she's so weird yeah. in this movie and I love it. I was just like, that's so cool. Like, well, she's, yeah, she is wonderful in this movie. So she does that where she plays these games to like just quickly switch. I mean, you know, they're establishing that she is not well. Mentally. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> And it go, it comes on very quick where yeah. you're like, oh no, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. And and she does so good of just being on, just playing someone who is going through a, a break, yeah. a mental break. And um, it can, that can be very wild and fun for both the person experiencing it and the people around them. So she's definitely experiencing these episodes of mania. And yeah. so they're caught on this roller coaster ride, but she's so good at, at, you know, being that person. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, and like I said, Thomas Ian Nicholas is the little boy. And when, like, American Pie came out, I would be like, oh, that's the guy from The Fear Inside. And people are like, what are you talking about? Because I'm referencing something that made it to video, but did not make it to DVD, mm-hmm. did not make it to Blu-ray. Like, this thing is dead two, <laughs> two modes of entertainment ago. Uh and it's a bummer for because it's really hard to find and it's shot so well and like it's very this is 1992 people so this is really like the indie thing is on the uptick and this thing pushes color so hard mm-hmm. like the blues are super blue and the yeah, red and the environment is so wonderful so of course you know for every kind of erotic thriller it, they always have to have some like beautiful magical setting so in this case it's yeah. her mansion which yeah. yes she is trapped inside this prison mm-hmm. that of course is beautiful and filled with glowing blue pools that yeah. they can make love in under the moonlight you know <laughs> so that's, that's all part of the movie sure is. where it's like real life no yeah beautiful and fun to watch totally <laughs> it's also interesting since we were talking about sweet tooth because feeling like it's like now because this movie, she's trapped in her house. Yeah. And the only person she sees is, like, her UPS delivery person, mm-hmm. which is how we spent the last year. Yeah. <laughs> like... Except for... Mm, hers was a lot nicer. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We spent a lot of time trying to win over delivery drivers. <laughs> did. We're like, come on, we're going to break you. Come You're going to like us. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's... 
it's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this film also, I mean, it's got you have the great performances, you have the little twists and turns. Uh, I, I think that lots of people would really enjoy it if they could see it. So hopefully some streaming service. I know there's like some indie services now, and I know there's some, I don't know who would pick up the Showtime thing, but just like the last the HBO one we we talked about, the cool and the gun, or what was that called? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't remember. Well, just go back and listen to our other episode <laughs> with the Jared Leto one. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, these movies that get made for HBO and Showtime, and then, yeah. Well, how would people find it? How did you get it? I bought it from a questionable website. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> there, there are some sites that when they're these movies are trapped, they're completely dead in the water. Um, you can find copies from sometimes other continents and things. And I, I'm not a. I, you know, I want people to get paid if they can get paid. Sure. But if something is, is trapped and it's never going to see the light of day and you really want to see it, you know, I say track it down. Um, I think, you know, it's a shame for people's art to be held at ransom for the rights of like, I don't know, sometimes it's a song on the soundtrack sure. or whatever. And it's like, come on, all these people worked so hard to make something that's really good. And it's, it's a shame you can't see it. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think I know that you order a lot of those, but I, this is where if we um, could be in person with people, we could say, come over and watch it with us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. When I have a showing, everyone's yeah. drop in yeah. for the fear inside. And drop people will be like, over, see everybody. what? And I'm like, don't. It's, trust me. Come over. Christine Naughty is great. <laughs> Who? Okay. Uh, well, any final thoughts for the fear inside? It's kind of a top little thriller. You can't really give much away, so. Well, I mean, now I'm afraid. Yeah, I, I don't want to ruin it, but I guess also nobody's going to be able to see it, so. <laughs> Yeah, it could go either way. I was just on a podcast talking about a movie, and many people watched the movie after the podcast, so I don't think yeah. it, we talked about the whole thing. So Yeah. I, I think it's a really fun movie. I think it's beautiful. It reminds me of the 90s. Yeah, I, I, so. I think, um, you know, sometimes you see it, and you you see movies, and you think, oh, this reminds me of something, and then realize it came out, like, way later. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it probably inspired some different movies. Yeah, for sure. Also, it's, it you know, because it is 1992, I mean, all three of these actors are just, like, stunning. They're, like, mm-hmm. in their peak prime. I mean, yeah. you know, Dylan McDermott is just he's just such a sexy man on screen. And Jennifer Rubin, just like, wow. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's always fun to see these things. Because some, some, now you'll see, like... um. Uh, what did I say? The other movie, a Clove, Clove Hitch Killer, and be like, "Whoa, Dylan McDermott's amazing!" But then you go back and see him super young, and be like, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" No, it's he's like, always been wonderful, yeah. and he's really good too at playing somebody who is appealing to women, and and then so good at manipulating yeah. them. Which is which makes as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Ooh, gross! I don't like that man." <laughs> and it's just because he's so good at playing that character. He is. You know, he's done it in a lot of different shows and movies and things, and so it it is the sign of a good actor. I mean, unless he's just that way as a person, but I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> he's just a good actor. Yeah, I think he's just a good actor. That's the problem now. We're gonna start canceling mm-hmm. people for being yeah. good actors. Yep. Yeah. Who knows. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But yeah, he's he has this look that he does where he looks very sad, mm-hmm. but it's not a regular sadness. Mm-mm. Like it's a sadness where you're like, oh, they're going to do something bad. Yeah. And he does. He does. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Something bad happens in the fear inside. 
right off the bat. But there you go. If you're looking for something about agoraphobia, look no further than 1992's The Fear Inside. And if you're looking for angoraphobia <laughs> and you find something, let me know because I'm really interested. <laughs> and don't watch the movie Black Sheep for sure. That's right. Type of wool. Angora. Angora. Yes. Okay, great. I have no idea. <laughs> no either. Okay, great. I mean, it's a type of wool, but like, what if it's like, oh, Angora is only from like baby rabbits or something like that? Like, oh, it would yeah. be like, who now knows? We're, we're back to sweet tooth all over again. <laughs> That's the cure. Yes. We need their hair. Baby rabbit hair. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, Sarah, thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for watching The Fear Inside. Yep. They keep them coming, man. Absolutely. Uh, until next time, that's another new releases and late returns. I'm your host, Eric Marshall, just reminding you to maybe focus on things that bring some joy in your life. Good night, everybody.